Thinking about paying for college can be overwhelming for everyone. Whether you're a parent preparing to pay for college for your child, a current student, or thinking about continuing your own education and going back to school, there's a lot to know and consider. Especially when you think about paying for classes, if you're gonna live on or off campus, and all the other odds and ends that definitely add up quickly. So while we know it's overwhelming, we also want you to know that there are resources available to help you navigate all those things. That's why we've enlisted the help of MSU Financial Aid. This is Wallet Watch, brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. I'm your host, Katherine. And I'm Devante. So today we have Jennifer from MSU Financial Aid. Hi Jennifer, how are you doing today? Hi Devante, I'm doing really well. I work at the uh, MSU Financial Aid Office. I'm here to answer questions in general about financial aid, though not necessarily just what pertains to MSU. I have worked in the office for about 10, 11 years now and love helping students and families and allowing student success to come through and giving people different ideas and information about how to get through the cost of college. That's great. Well, you came highly recommended. Heard from a few students that you're pretty great, so we're glad to have you here with us today. So to start off, can you just kind of explain what that financial aid package is? Sure. A financial aid package consists of a variety of components, uh, categories, scholarships, grants, loans, and possibly federal work study. Your eligibility is determined by filing a FAFSA. That's a free application for federal student aid. Um, it's fafsa.gov that you want to go to to file that application. Okay, and uh, so when I was, I just graduated from Oakley University about a year ago. Thank you. Um, so when I was at OU and I saw work study on my in my package I was like oh you know it looks like all of schooling is paid for it but that's because I think I was confused about work study and what it was so can you kind of explain that a little bit I would be happy to work study is a little confusing you do not need to have the work study award per se in your financial aid package in order to get a job on campus but what it does is it pays half of your hourly wage through a federal grant so it makes it more likely for you to get hired because they can basically hire two students for the price of one if those students have the federal work study grant in their aid package. If you don't, I'm sure that you will still be able to find a job on campus, so don't let that discourage you. At Michigan State, only about 20% of our students are initially awarded work study in their financial aid package, so if you end up finding a job on campus that would require a student to have work study, it would be worth checking with your financial aid office to see if maybe somebody else was awarded it but isn't using it, and they could um, reallocate the funding towards your account. Just for clarification, I'm thinking that you guys might think you all might only get half of your hourly wage with a work study, but you get paid, let's say you're getting paid $10 an hour. $5 of, of that $10 an hour salary is gonna come from the grant. The other $5 that you earn each hour is gonna come from the department. Then you will get a paycheck for $10 an hour. And then once you receive that paycheck, if you choose to apply your money to your you know, use it to pay off your account balance. You're free to do that, but it will never just automatically apply to your semester bill. Okay, that's great. So that's really good to know because 
Like I said, I was thinking the total opposite when I saw it. I was like, oh, three grand, they're gonna put it right on there, then I'm just gonna have to work for it, you know? But it's good to know that you get it in the form of a paycheck and then you have the choice of applying it to your actual bill. Right, you personally would have to pay your bill with the paycheck that you earned. Also, if you decide not to use it, like if you have a job off campus, you can only use work study usually on campus, um, nonprofit type situations. But um, if you're working off campus, say uh, somewhere where you can't use work study, you don't pay it back. It never applies to your bill. The only way that it um, becomes a viable aid resource is if you actually get a job on campus and they're using it to pay your hourly wage. Also, when you file your FAFSA, it will ask a student how much of their earnings from that year were made through work-study funding, and that money is not included as something that could be contributed to educational costs for the upcoming year. Okay. Alrighty, so what do you think are some other ways of paying for college? Um, I think you need to get creative in, in the ways that um, you're gonna come get through school these days. You don't necessarily need to earn all of your credits from the institution that you plan on graduating from or getting your little your piece of paper, your diploma. If you could make use of going to community colleges uh, in the summertime to try to get some extra credits, shave off a semester um, of attendance at the university that you're attending, that could save you thousands of dollars that way. Another um, way to go about getting a lower interest rate loan would be to borrow on um, items that you already have equity in, potentially a car or a house loan, something like that that would um, have lower interest rates than potentially a private education loan or a federal parent plus loan. So another way um, parents can prepare as it relates to paying for colleges um, in Michigan, there is a program called MET, the Michigan Educational Trust, and this allows parents, grandparents, um, aunts, uncles, anybody that's interested to pre-purchase undergraduate tuition. Um, they have a few different choices about uh, what you can do, full benefit plan, limited benefits, community college plan. This can be, information about um, these programs can be found at the State of Michigan's website um, for the scholarships and grants information. Wow, those are some pretty good, you know, pretty good mentions, like, especially the equity part. You know, I don't think that everybody always thinks about the fact that they can borrow equity out of something in order to pay for school and to pay for it at a lower interest rate. Right. So that's great. Thank you for that. What are some tips or recommendations that you think is important for students to know? I would have to say, do not be afraid to contact your financial aid office. FAFSA is confusing. It's easy to make mistakes on. People interpret things, questions in different ways. Always reach out. People make um, mistakes unknowingly on the FAFSA all the time that uh, skew their information, double report possibly potential income. So the thing that I would like to tell you too is that if you're filing the FAFSA with tax returns, you know, it's, it's two years prior now. So let's say if you filed it this year, you used your 2017 tax returns to file the 1920 FAFSA. If your 2017 tax return is not an accurate reflection of what your current income is, or you've had other major life changes, you should contact the financial aid office to see what they can do for you. 
Sometimes we can take a look at reducing the income to make it reflect what the current family financials are showing. If there has been a divorce or separation um, and there's no longer two incomes in that household, we want to know those things so that we can still help your student go to school and um, take a, a closer look, be more accurate to the financial um, abilities that you currently have to help your child go to school. Okay, that's good to know. Mm -hmm. It's really good to know. Also, I just want to make sure that people understand that we are coming to a point in society right now where you have to really realize if this is going to be a good investment in yourself and your child, um, is their life going to be better because they have this college education, they have the diploma? Or are things going to actually end up being harder because of the debt that they've taken on and they're not able to move on to the next steps that we traditionally have after school? I think that that's a really good gem to really leave us with. And um, Jennifer, we thank you so much for coming in to interview with Wallet Watch. And I think this was some really, really good information. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Wow, that was super interesting. That was really nice of Jennifer to sit down with us and kind of talk through the ins and outs of paying for college and things like that. Yeah, I really enjoyed the interview. Mm -hmm. What was your biggest takeaway? Um, so mine would have to be, um, one, thinking about that financial aid packet and uh, first knowing that your eligibility is determined through you filling out the FAFSA. Mm -hmm. um, and what that stands for is the free application for federal student aid. and it could consist of grants, scholarships, loans, and federal work study. Because everybody looks different, right? Exactly, yeah. because it's based off of, you know, financial things. Hmm, makes sense. What about you? So for me, I think it was looking for ways to cut down on costs or make college less expensive. So looking for scholarships and things like that. I know there are tons and tons of scholarships each year that people just don't even apply for. And that's just money kind of left sitting on the table. So applying for scholarships and then also looking at alternative paths so maybe like um, attending community college your first year or two of school um, before transferring to a university or like taking classes in the summer to cut down on costs too. Another thing I really found interesting is just talking about how parents can prepare to send their children off to college so when being preemptive thinking about the Michigan Education Trust yeah, and you know buying those tuition credits you know, um, in advance and just knowing that it's not just a parent that can help with that, but it's also um, family members that can help with that. I know me, like I would have rather that have been birth a birthday gift to me mm -hmm. than the hottest new pair of shoes right. at that time. Looking back now, those shoes you outgrew. Exactly. You'd rather have that money. <laughs> <laughs> and then if that's not, you know, something that you necessarily think about, just really thinking about how important it is for your child to get this education mm -hmm. and balancing that and also understanding what is the debt threshold that you're willing to undertake yeah and understanding that this is also a time for your child to truly invest into their own future inspirational all right we hope you found this episode informational and now it's time for the cu spotlight at MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union, we are always looking for ways to educate individuals on the importance of smart money management. 
Wallet Watch is one of the great ways that we are able to do that. But if you're itching to learn more, we have additional resources that you are able to utilize for free. Financial 4.0 is a free app and website that offers users access to their own personalized budget tracker, financial quizzes, published articles, weekly tips, and more. It's a fun and interactive way to learn about money and taking control of your finances. If you are interested in learning more, visit financial40.org or find us in your app store by searching Financial 4.0 for MSU or Financial 4.0 for OU. Wallet Watch is written, hosted, and produced by Katherine Hurth and me, Devontae Montgomery. Our executive producers are Whitney Anderson Harrell and Lauren Kalarzik. Wallet Watch is brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. You can find more episodes of this show at our credit union's website, financial40.org, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in our next episode.